And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, September 11th, week one in the books for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's not the way you want things to go if you're a Steelers fan. As always, I am Alex Kazora. Joining me is Dave Bryan for the next hour until 8 p.m. Eastern time, answering as many of your Steelers questions as possible. And I'm guessing you guys have a bunch today here as we get the season underway. Pittsburgh dropping their opener in Miserable fashion, 32-7 to San Francisco. Dave, how are you? And I, I mean, I'm sure I know how are you because of the, the this game and the Hayward situation and everything, but how are you holding up, I should say? Uh, I think I'm going to make it. <laughs> we might need the full rendition of your doom, despair, and agony yeah. song. Uh, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, <laughs> but uh, normally I wish people in the chat uh, a happy Monday. Uh, try to chime in on there, but I'm I'm going to leave that alone mm -hmm. uh, th uh, this time around here. So yeah, I bet uh, a lot of people got a lot of questions, and I know uh, I've made it through about three quarters of the all 22 offensive tape. Haven't hit the defensive tape uh, today. Obviously, it's a busy day on. Of, uh, of news uh, and interviews with the Steelers and some unfortunate news at that. Yeah, and we'll start with the big news here, as you guys see on screen, according to the Post-Gazette's Jerry Dulac, Cam Hayward will go will undergo surgery and miss up to eight weeks with the groin injury sustained yesterday against the 49ers. There's been some disputing of that report. I believe ESPN saying that surgery is not guaranteed yet, but bottom line is the odds of him landing on IR are extremely high and there's a good chance he's going to need surgery. So last year it was week one, TJ Watt. This year it's week one in Cam Hayward, and the Cleveland Browns are coming to town on Monday night. But we're here to answer your questions, which I'm sure are partially, if not fully, Hayward-related until 8 p.m. You guys could we're, going, we're going to attempt to answer <laughs> attempt. the questions. <laughs> as many as we can here without uh, you know the cursing that we may get here in the chat, the people who are frustrated but, uh, yeah, if you guys could like the stream, subscribe to the channel, would really appreciate that. Bring more people into the live stream. And if you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered by David and myself, because we may be getting many of those, you can send us a super chat, no obligation to do so. So, Dave, let's dive right on in. We'll start with our friend Mike Adesso, who says, Brutal news about Cam, a real kick in the... Oh, how do you say that? Uh, groin. Groin. Yeah, there's a there's the joke here from uh, the the Will Ferrell movie that I'm forgetting right now. But anyway, you get the idea. Uh, if he goes on IR and Leal misses time, would it be smart to maybe snag Warmly off the Panthers practice squad? He seems to be back playing. Yeah, Warmly just signed reportedly hours ago to the Panthers practice squad. What are your thoughts on that, Dave? Uh not having a lot of news on his update and uh, process. And obviously he remained unsigned until now, uh, hasn't played a lick, lick of football, uh, and really practiced uh, up until this point. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not going to never say never, but I mean, if you did something like that, you know, don't, don't you have uh, better options already on your roster at the time? And, and that's no disrespect to, to Chris Wormley, who, you know, before he went down injured with that knee injury was playing, was playing pretty good, had a pretty good game. I think matter of fact, uh, against the Ravens, uh, 
before going down with that injury, if memory serves me. Maybe it was a game before. But, uh, look, uh, they purposely – he was out on the street for all this time uh, for a reason. And, look, at this point, with with him being on the Panthers uh, practice squad, if you signed him off of, off of their practice squad onto your 53-man roster, I mean, that's the only way that you could sign him is to mm-hmm. the 53. Uh, you would have to guarantee him three – the uh, three game checks in total. Uh, so you know, in the roster spot, right? And the roster spot as well too. So uh, not only would you have to pay him for three weeks, uh, he would count. Let's say you got through the first week and and you you, you didn't like where he was at or whatnot. Uh, it's not like you could just cut him and 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 open up a roster spot there. Mm-hmm. And plus he's sight unseen at this point too, right? So you right. wouldn't get a chance to uh, work him out if they were if they were had intentions of doing anything remotely close to that. I would have thought that maybe. Today, they would have brought him in for a workout and maybe signed him to their own practice squad right. uh, or something like that. So uh, I understand the the, the, the the dot connecting there, uh, but I, I just I wouldn't I, I would like to hope that this team has better options uh, on their own practice squad at this point in time. I agree. I think you said it well. I get the point about Wormley, the Steelers connection, the history, but the D-line depth was something we talked up throughout the summer. They have some internal options. Loudermilk, Armand Watch will get a hat. Maybe they call up Braden Fajoko to plug the middle. That would make sense against the Browns. So no one's Kim Hayward, and there's a concern about the high-end defense alignment that are on this team. How many of those guys do they have? Okunjobi, when he's healthy, can be one of those guys. Benton's promising, but still playing in his second career regular season game on Monday night, so uh, there's not that high-end type of talent, but I think they're going to stick with their internal options right now. All right, got a couple of super chats I want to get to. We'll begin with Kyle Smith, $5. Thank you so much. Says, seen the hit to the back of the head Kenny took on the third play. Pro Football Focus rated more the worst offensive tackle of the week. Get that bum out of here before he kills Kenny. I don't don't remember the play specifically. Do you remember the play where Kenny hit the back of his head? I guess on the sack it would have been. Yeah, I'm guessing it would have been on that early sack then, right? That, that was the third play on that three and out, but I, I don't remember the actual moment there. Um, I have not gotten to go through Morris tape. I know he graded out really poorly per PFF. I think I saw some stuff live about him still struggling with speed, the power, and those bull rushes that have always given him the most amount of fit. So we'll see. A core force, you know, he's in concussion protocol, don't know his status, and if he's not available, then Morris going to have to start probably at right tackle. Roderick Jones goes left tackle and they're facing Miles Garrett and company. So we'll just hang on and we'll keep watching. All right. Got another $5 super chat from our friend David Kapoor who says, can we get one more gloom, agony, and despair spooky read from Dave in light of the bad loss and the new bad cam news? You want to hit it one more time, Dave? I'll, t- I'll pick up the second. Right. Deep, <laughs> dark depression, excessive misery. Oh, if I had no bad luck, I've had no luck at all. Oh, gloom, despair, and agony on me. It comes from this before a lot of y'all's time. Mm-hmm. It came from old show hee haw uh 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 go go to youtube and and mess around on on gloom just roy clark and buck owens and those the cowboys and, right is that cowboys stuff? uh nah, I mean, no it was, it was, it, i mean it was a country themed okay. uh kind of a variety show if you will back in uh i guess it would have been the 70s i don't know if it made it into the 80s or not but uh uh, I'm showing it was where I'm from. Uh, uh, it was it was really popular, and but it was also obviously a national show as well mm-hmm. too. 
Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard, ever heard the second verse. I don't know if we've ever gotten it so bad to be at the second verse. It just kind of tells you where things are at. It is week one. As bad as that loss was, it is week one, and perspective is key. They beat the Browns. I know that may be a challenge, but if they beat the Browns, we're all feeling good again. The sky's not falling anymore. I just want to put that perspective out there early in the show. Hopefully you, the stream number don't drop real quickly there with me, <laughs> me singing early yeah, in the just show. Just went to negative seven. Didn't know we could do that, but <laughs> no, just kidding. We got a great crowd on here tonight. Hey, 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 that's only eight yards less than less <laughs> the Steeders had in, in net yards uh, through uh, the first five drives. Where's my, where's my blotch? Yeah, he's here all week, guys. Try the veal. Yeah, Tip your waitress. Mutated Genome, hello Alex and Dave. Without seeing all the all 22 yet, which player excluding Pickett or position group disappointed you the most? O-line, D-line, corner, or other? Yeah, I still want to go through it more. I mean, the answer is probably the Dave Bryan yes to the disappointment of this game. Just probably to- off, I've, you know, I've gotten a better, a little bit better look at the offensive line. And I mean, there, look, there were opportunities for this offense to make plays. Mm. Okay. Now, uh, not as many as you would like. Uh, and a few of them, uh, I, I think were, 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 were pressure related. Heck that one that I put up on YouTube on that, on that, uh, 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 uh three, three man bunch on the right side there, uh, kind of running a switch combination with Calvin Austin on the over there. Uh, if, 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 if the protection holds up on that, uh, that's, that's probably a touchdown and, uh, you know, but, but pressure force, that was the one that forced, uh, Kenny out of the pocket to his right and then threw a long, you know, high and out of bounds on the sideline there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I know the 49ers can run the ball really effectively, but I just thought the run defense was really poor. I know that, you know, I know Hayward being out is certainly a factor, but even when Hayward, you know, it's not like Hayward left and the 49ers started to move the football. It was like 14, nothing before Hayward got hurt in that game. So it's not just because of his absence. I thought the run defense might be a bit better overall. So I think just kind of the front seven against the run was not, you know, see that 65 yard touchdown. that was just really, really brutal. Just stuff Pittsburgh normally does not allow, um, was, was really disappointing overall. It was a complete team effort and probably, you know, you probably have to point your fingers at some cornerback play in this one as well, too, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, Peterson wasn't good. Wallace wasn't good. I mean, very few guys. If your name wasn't TJ Watt, kind of Keanu Benton, McFarland, you didn't have a good day yesterday. Speaking of Benton, Matthew T, his first ever Super Chat, thank you for that, says, thoughts on Benton being able to play more than just nose tackle, really hoping he can sooner rather than later. I mean, he did We're it. We're going to find out, probably. <laughs> well, I think he's going to end up playing just a bunch of actual nose yeah. tackle. He's going to work in sub-package and, and nickel as he did yesterday, and you'll probably lean on that a bit more. But I think in base 3-4, he's still going to be the nose tackle. You're going to have Okunjobi and Leal and Laudamoke and Watts. Even Adams was playing some defensive end yesterday, and so that's probably more of where those guys will try to replace Hayward as opposed to Benton doing it. But, of course, if those guys are playing out more, Adams in particular, it's going to mean more snaps for Benton. So he's going to play a lot, and that was maybe one small encouraging sign yesterday was was Benton seemingly good play I'm still going through the tape hopefully we'll have a video uh, on him for tomorrow for you guys on the channel and for Steelers Depot but um, bottom line line is Benton should see an uptick in snaps it just may not come replacing Hayward spot one-to-one grow up game for him for sure and I think according to your charting that I read earlier this morning I think he was on the field for 20, I, I think he had 29 over, overall snaps and, and either 28, either all 29 or 28 of the 29 came when uh, Cam Hayward was not on the field. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so we'll keep looking at it. It's a good opportunity for him. It's just trying to replace Cam, man. Run defense, leadership, effort, pass rush, the power that he has. It just, it's just, it's obviously not a, not a one-man job there. 
All right, got Live Loyal who says, I know it's one game as they say. Does the outcome of yesterday's performance change the outcome of your predictions for the season? Good question. I was going to ask you today on the podcast. We kind of ran long there, Dave. You were, what, 11-6 and six playoff victory. Does this game sway you at all? It certainly is uh, attempting to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, man, you throw in the news about Cam Hayward yeah. now. I mean, even though I think we talked about it on the podcast, kind of expected him to at least miss uh, this game Monday night, maybe another game or two. I don't know. In the back of my head, I was thinking maybe he's going to miss three or four games. But now we're talking about, you know, seven possibly. Who knows, depending on how surgery goes and, and rehab and, and stuff like that. I mean, and then just, you know, look at the way this team play. I mean, they got a bunch of guys banged up, too. You got Deontay Johnson dealing with a hamstring. Well, Mike Tomlin's going to have to spend probably three or four minutes going down that injury list on, on Tuesday there. I guess the short answer to the question would actually be yes. Uh, okay. uh, I, 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 I would, if knowing if you gave me the first game to look at and then come back and tell you what my season prediction is, yeah, I think it would be different. Uh uh, Are you in not make the playoffs territory or just not win a playoff game territory or 11 wins? Where, where do you think the biggest change? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, well, look, I didn't have them winning that game against the 49ers anyway, right. but right. I mean, the byproduct of all this makes you really reconsider. Now, once again, it, 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 it's, it's, it's one game, but uh, it wasn't pretty. I expected it to be in that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. I would say that I would at the very least be uh, at most a 10 uh, uh, win season right now and would have my fingers crossed. They would get into the playoffs, you know? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, you gotta be careful here with first games and and all like this, but you know, with what we saw and then the, the injuries and what Cleveland did and what Baltimore did. And, you know, I even said in my prediction that, you know, I, I thought maybe to go three and three in the AFC North. And uh, I, I just think if you're realistically looking at what all happened uh, on Sunday and then the byproduct with the injuries and all, I don't see how you can't back off of, or at least how I couldn't back off of what my original prediction is. You're trying to sway me at the same time. I'm going to stick with my initial prediction, which was 10 and 7, make the playoffs as a wild card team, the third and the eight, third team in the AFC North, and be one and done. I'm going to stick with that. I'm not going to let week one sway me that much. It, it more so, what would sway me is the Hayward injury, obviously, more than I think just losing to the 49ers. If you lost to San Francisco, lost to San Francisco and Hayward was healthy, then I think you'd really feel, I'd still feel steadfast, probably a little bit more closer to moving here, but. They beat the Browns. They're one one. Things are good again. If they lose to the Browns, then I'm going to start saying, okay, this is you know barely a playoff team, and they got to climb out of this hole. They like they like to dig themselves every single season. Look, if you beat the Browns uh, at home on a Monday night and not just beat them, you know, uh, you know, uh, give a reverse ass whipping to them. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'll take a win, however you can get it. Though. You know, just win. but uh, I mean, if you have an impressive win, I mean, the whole tone, mm-hmm. the, and then if you follow that up, obviously you got. You know, the, what, the Raiders and, 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 and the Texans? And, you know, what if we're sitting here talking to these folks a couple of weeks from now and they're a two-in-one team, you right. know? Possible, for sure. All right, next question. Real quick comment from Mike Adesso. How did Calvin Austin look? I still got to watch a lot of underneath stuff. Look fine. Got a lot of snaps. His first NFL game. Can't forget about that in terms of meaningful regular season action. So good, good building block for him and may have to play more if Deontay can't play. 
I got a $5 super chat from Tim Chase, our friend, who's uh, been in many of these live streams, uh, asked uh, a difficult question, but but a fair one. Is this the beginning of the end of Cam's career? Man, I hate thinking about that stuff at all. I mean, I don't like to count that guy out. I know he's, what, 34, but with the groin injury, getting older. I, I'm not going to say that it's the end of his career, but it's certainly a fair, fair thought and question to ask. Look, he hasn't missed a game due to injury since 2016, and over the course of his career, he's been a healthy dude, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you just hope that this is, and I don't know, we'd have to get Dr. Mel's thoughts on this. Uh, you know, is it a, is a clean tear better? Blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. Is, is the fact that he's having surgery actually a good sign or, a, I mean, obviously not in the short term for this sure. team, but, uh, you know, stuff that's way, way, way above my pay grade here. But I mean, you know, up until at some point, they, they at some point, Father Time is going to get you. Uh, uh, and you know, I, I think the most concerning thing was that when he came back on the field, and you just knew he couldn't run. And you know that that one play was back off the field again, and he probably knew it at the time that something something bad was wrong. So look, he's under contract in 2024. So I the the op optimistic side of me wants to say he's he'll have at least one more season in him yeah i think he'll be back next year i'm not getting i mean just in terms of the quality of the play and is this kind of that age 34 season is where we see a lot of these guys go downhill i had the stat that only two d tackles since 2000 age 34 or older had had, had had 10 sack seasons and those guys declined quickly after it was warren sap and john randall two you know hall of fame dudes and right after that season that kind of last gasp they they went downhill out of the league you know pretty shortly after that so i'm not saying that will happen with hayward but yeah, I mean, he's 34, you know, pretty serious injury here. A lot of, a lot of tread on those tires. You know, they, Pittsburgh will have to begin thinking about the future post-KMA, where I'll put it that way. All right, back up to the questions and comments here. Uh, Raged EA2 says, at least we're not the Giants. For now, I did. I was having that thought last night watching the Sunday night game. It's like that old, uh, at least we're not Detroit, like that old uh, Cleveland tourism video. That's uh, how I was singing to myself last night. At least we're not the Giants, but it wasn't by too much. Ali221 says, is it time to move on from D-line coach Carl Dunbar after this season? Does not seem to have a good track record of developing talent. Rattles off guys like Loudermilk and Joshua Frazier and Quincy Roche. I like Dunbar uh, a lot. I think he's done a good job developing these guys overall, working with the edge guys and the D-line. I know there's certainly been some guys that have not panned out, usually more day three type picks, but I think if you look at Highsmith's development and even the way that T.J. Watt has grown under Dunbar and to it getting better, uh, better under him, um, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I'm not looking to, to fire uh, Carl Dunbar. Yeah, look at the pedigree too. I know everybody wants to look at, well, who has he developed uh, past, you know, uh, you know, I guess most, what, what year did Dunbar come on board? Mm, I forget 18, maybe replacing coach Mitchell, maybe 2018. Well, yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, how many, how many first or second round picks have the Steelers spent on our defensive line since he's been in Pittsburgh? Yeah. And again, he coaches the edge guys too, at least we really did this year. They kind of seem to break up the title and Denzel Martin's now the official outside linebackers coach, but they all kind of work hand in hand. So yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I'm just not, again, I'm not trying to think about firing anybody right now. It's after week one, even Kent back candidate. I'm not, not thinking about that right now. I'm just trying to figure out how week two is going to go. Dead Planet with a $5 super chat. Thank you for that. Says uh, it won't be easy, but this year's two and six turnaround moment needs to be condensed into yesterday's loss. They need to wake up now, not week nine. Yeah, in this very competitive AFC and AFC North. 
there's not much margin for error. You can't expect to be two and six and try to climb back in again the way that you did last year. So it's a fair point. And I think this game against Cleveland, don't want to call it a must win, but man, you really want to have this one, Dave. Yeah, you do. And uh, pay it, if you're up late tonight at about midnight, going to have an interesting post on what uh, a loss to Cleveland would mean historically for the Steelers. That's all I'm going to tease it as right there. I know Alex knows uh, what it's about and all. I'm putting the finishing touches on that. But uh, uh, 0-2 uh, this year with two back-to-back home games would be quite an unfortunate accomplishment yeah and check that post from dave that'll give you some more details dropping uh late tonight early in the morning at midnight matthew t another five dollar super chat thank you so much as i know the result of this game was much more than this but just reassured me that mac canada won't ever be it i'm sadly seeing nine and eight again yeah i mean i don't think canada called a great game but i do think the issues were more personnel and player related than scheme related it falls on everybody there's coaching mistakes there's player mistakes there's every every kind of mistake happened yesterday um we'll see again it is just one game if they have a good game against the browns i think week one can fool a lot of people and you know you've seen those examples all the time the Bengals are having that conversation right now about who they are after their terrible loss and you're going to see some of these teams bounce back and hopefully pittsburgh's part of that group so i'm just gonna i think week two is really the measuring stick for this team and look, you can go through that tape and, as you know, you can put a couple of play calls or, or what we think, you know, we're obviously you know, play calls on his part on him. I mean, that that first jet sweep, what what uh, who's the guy, uh, the old quarterback that has the quarterback uh, uh, school video? Uh, JT O'Sullivan. Uh, yeah. He's what are we doing here? <laughs> that, that's always his go to. What are, what are we doing here? Uh, you get you get the all 22 on that uh, that first jet sweep to uh, to to Calvin Austin and and. You see the personnel, and you see you see what's going on there. Even if Fryermood gave you a pancake <laughs> uh, uh, on on that play, there's no chance. no no chance Calvin Austin's getting to that edge. So uh, that for the way they were lined up and the personnel both teams had on the field field there. Uh, you know, the the better read was to if 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 you know if there's an option to hand that ball off because you had the box count in your favor there, uh, and that thing did kind of split a little bit at the snap there was to probably hand that ball off to to, to Naji if there was an option to do so. Yeah, I'm not sure if there was. I got to go back and watch the play again. I saw you tweeted out, and yeah, that that thing certainly had no chance. I thought the fourth and four call late in the game on the four, late in the third quarter. Uh, San Francisco's eight-yard line, just kind of this four verts, kind of bender, just against cover two, just terrible, No, no, nothing horizontal, nothing in conflict. But, I mean, Kenny was miserable. I think it kind of starts with him. And that leads us to our next question from a very emphatic Joey Jr. who says, Alex, please, please, please answer my one and only question. Why hasn't Kenny owned up to take blame and responsibility? Kenny did a lot of point blame at everyone but himself i'm not entirely sure what comment that's referring to i don't think pickett was trying to deflect blame at all that's i didn't my- get that sense yesterday no yeah. no so maybe you interpreted something differently and, and that's fair that that's your right there i do want to ask you just really really briefly dave because we have a lot of questions to get to but this whole george pickens thing like an anti-pickett comment on instagram last night you have any thoughts here pickett responding today or pickens excuse me responding today and saying it was not he pulled he pulled the shaggy it wasn't me that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> look i haven't gone and looked at the post i've seen the pictures and all like that uh i i i will say this the it it's it's incredible the evidence at least as it's laid out right there on the internet and lord knows everybody we we need to trust the internet but i mean all, all that 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 aside i'm joking there uh <laughs> 
That's what Abe Lincoln said. I, I'll I, trust I think, everyone. I, I think he. I, I didn't. I don't think he's uh, willing to take responsibility for hitting what is it, the heart button on on Instagram or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably scrolling through him, and uh, I don't think at his core he's. I I, I think it it was a meaning means of frustration and uh, idleness on his part, probably scrolling through some of that stuff or whatnot. Uh, it. If indeed he indeed did like that, uh, that's obviously fan, you know, fans go through looking for that kind of stuff and it's easy to bring to the forefront, especially after the team has a game like that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I I just, I would hope that it's not true, but I, I, my gut tells me that he just, he liked it and he, you know, he's, he's sorry that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know the truth for sure. Obviously, only he knows that. But his answer today was nonsense. It didn't it didn't do anything to uh, downplay what might have happened. And I checked it myself. You see on screen right now, it's a, it's a screenshot that I took checking it last night. It you know legitimately showed him or his account liking this comment. So there was nothing doctored. There was no Photoshop and whatever Pickens had to say about you can't tag me. You can't comment. Didn't make any sense so i don't know what happened maybe he accidentally hit something maybe he hit something on purpose and is trying to just lie about it i don't know i mean you know it's not going to be this issue i'm going to talk about anything beyond this but his answer today was nonsensical can you butt like something <laughs> i mean you can accidentally like something while you're scrolling i mean i've done that before but just okay. it seemed very much on that, the news that's possible yeah, yeah i'm not saying he definitely did it but his answer today did nothing to i think uh dissuade me from from my thought there all right, let's get to Eugenio Rosetto says, Alex, are you worried about how the secondary plays and how Minka was used? Um, I guess that means secondary played. Yeah, the secondary to me was my biggest concern coming into the season. I thought the cornerback group they had was was solid, but did you have a top-end guy? And I've always had some concern about Peterson being 33 in a man-heavy scheme. Can he turn and run, and can he truly be an outside type of corner? And I thought Minka was probably using the box a bit too much. Still have to go through the tape on that, but... Overall, yeah, there's definitely concern with the secondary. What if they're going to turn to at some point more man stuff? But can once, Peterson once, play in that? Once Joey gets on the field, and that's coming sooner rather than later, too. Yeah, I mean, it, who, who's who's coming off then? If, if yeah, Joey's coming I, on. Uh, probably, probably Levi. Probably, yeah. But do you try to bump Peterson to the slot more? Maybe he plays in every nickel package as opposed to just run down. We'll see. But yeah, the secondary has to be better. Another $5 super chat. Thank you so much, Matthew. That's that's more than enough, but we appreciate it. It says, uh, sorry for the Canada remark. Can't help myself. Last question. What do you and Dave think about the inside linebackers based on game tape so far? Like everything else, not good enough. I still have to, again, on my tape studies, not as far as it usually is at this point, just a busy day with the cam news. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I thought they were good in the summer. They were encouraging, but I've said for a while, I still don't believe Pittsburgh's long-term answers are part of this team at inside linebacker. And so... They're hopefully their guy in the future is probably still in college right now. Yeah, uh, go get us, uh, go get us one of those Fred Warners. They got San Francisco's got three of them according to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that true? He was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, yeah, the inside linebacker play was just as a whole. You just call it average. Uh, you know, maybe a tick below average there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you have to watch the tape and coverage. Not going to give you a ton there. Um, but again, week one, we'll see how the trend goes. One game does not make the season good or bad. 
Seth B, I see Kenny pointing to playing second, third team defenses in preseason. Isn't it more because nobody game planned for preseason and now real, real coaching is happening? It's both and. When you're playing, obviously, backups, it helps. When you're not game planning as intently as you do during the regular season, that helps as well. When you're playing a top defense like San Francisco that you didn't see in the preseason, that, that's a factor as well. So I would say it's probably all the above there. Mm -hmm. uh, let me scroll back up and appreciate you guys being here. If you guys could like the stream, would really uh, appreciate that. Uh, a lot of questions here today. I figured that there there would. Um, where was my last uh, position here? Chris Wade, do you guys believe Fahoko is better run option at nose tackle than Adams? And what does Adams do best? Yeah, I mean, Fahoko's just a, an old-school plugger. I mean, that's who he is. And he's not as athletic as Adams and doesn't have some positional flexibility that Adams has. But I think against the Browns, you want to bring up a guy like Fahoko to hopefully plug the middle and stop Nick Chubb in that, that Browns run game. So that that might be the, the move there. Yeah, I would uh, I would seriously consider, uh, and especially if uh, Cam has to go, if the move to uh, – I think that th what they're probably going to do is they're probably going to get the second opinion on him uh, this week. Uh, and, uh, uh, we probably won't find out about the actual move until Sunday, right? Is, uh, or Monday. Or, 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 no, actually Monday, Monday. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. Uh, that might be when we see the actual moves take place. The, uh, the IR move and the, uh, sign from the practice squad, uh, type move. Now, obviously they could make it at any time, you know, starting on, 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 on Tuesday there, but, uh, I would not be surprised if you see Fahoko on the 53, Cam to IR, and then you just have to decide uh, of you know, which one you don't dress, which you know, might be might be Watts again. Yeah, that's possible. Although you're doing the whole three nose tackle thing when you lose an end like Hayward, but that'll be an interesting question. Well, who is Liao going to be healthy enough to play? He may be hurt. That's, that's another thing. Yeah, more factors to consider. So we'll let it play out and see what Tomlin has to say tomorrow at his press and do conference. You, and even if even if he's healthy and they're they're going to be a run centric team, yeah. is he is fair. he the guy that you want out there? That's a fair point. His run defense has never been his calling card. Showed some signs in the summer, but. Uh, did not seem to be great yesterday. Marty Valdez, last year Mitch had a short leash. At what point does that end up happening to Kenny? So talking about could Pickett get benched at some point, Dave, do you think if that is even in the cards this season? It would have to be like that negative seven or whatnot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it would take a ton for... Now, is there a possibility he has like... Uh, uh, or? You hope it doesn't happen, but uh, a game where it's just, I mean, disastrous and they're getting blown out and he gets yanked out for the fourth quarter uh, and then comes back and starts the following week. I mean, that's that's the only way I would re remotely think that something like that would 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 happen. Uh, they, I'm sure they're expecting him to still have some growing pains on to into his second year. So uh, I would be shocked if he got outright you know, benched as, as, as a, as a starter, uh, moving forward this season. And I don't think he should be. I think you have to start him as long as, as possible to find out as much as you can about him, the good and bad. I mean, if it got to a point where the season was clearly over and, and Pickett was a big source of why, you know, they were a four win team by week 16 or 16 or whatever, then okay, maybe, maybe, but Pickett's going to be your guy this year. You got to find out if you have something in him or not, and so you got to play him. And so I don't think there's going to be a short leash. It's not the veteran behind the first-round pick. This is the, the second-year guy you're trying to explore, give him opportunities to grow, get better, learn from mistakes, and you know, prove he can be the franchise guy. And so he has to have reps for that evaluation to occur. 
Let's see, Derek Dunn asking about uh, calling up Pahoko. That certainly seems plausible. Uh, we'll see exactly what happens, but that makes a lot of sense given the injury and the opponent Pittsburgh is facing. Uh, let's see, how would you describe when to blame the coaching and when not to? Seems like everyone defines it their way. Look like San Francisco schemed their receivers open and we couldn't. Yeah, it, it's there's no quantifiable black and white. This is when it's coaching. This is when it's not. When we're on the outside like Dave and I are. I just define coaching as putting players in the best position to succeed. And if you don't, if I don't see that, that's when I blame coaching. And how do you define that is, you know, it's a, it's a loose kind of moving target, but that's what I think the number one goal is coaching is putting them in position to succeed. And if you don't do that, that's when you fail. Right. Let's see. Uh, what else do we have here? John Pennington. Hello, Dave and Alex. Should Canada have made some kind of change to his play calling after uh, he saw what the 49ers were doing. They may have. They, they didn't have the ball in the first half to make those changes, though. And by the time they get the ball in the second half and possess it, they're down, and the whole game plan kind of goes out of out the window. So they really just never had the ball enough for I think even changes to to really occur. Yeah, up until that up, up until that final uh, drive of the first half, they had run 15 offensive plays, five three and outs, and. To their credit, uh, they, they marched the field there in that two-minute drive. And, you know, there's at least some semblance that you're going in with a little momentum there at halftime, uh, having having put a, a, t- a touchdown on the board at, at that point. Now, obviously, the, you know, the defense turns around and gives up that long run by McCaffrey. And, you know, you might as well beat beat the crowd home at that point there. But, uh, uh, and, and you know, once you got uh, on into the second half of the third quarter and you're still down, I mean, it, it, you know, they're, they're going to play, play to keep the lid on everything on defense at that point. And uh, that's when you're going to have to dink and dunk your way on down the field and your run game becomes non-existent at that time. How many times did they even run in the second half? And not including any potential scrambles, which probably right. aren't many. I mean, twice, maybe they ran nine times with their backs the entire game. So not much. Right. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think the 49, 49ers had the blueprint of eight man box cover three. You're going to stop the run. You're going to play cover three, keep the corners off and not get beat deep and force Pittsburgh to try to go 10, 12 plays without a run game. Ask Kenny Pickett to do that kind of heavy lifting. And he could not yesterday. I got a question from, I'm going to probably apologize and uh, I'm going to apologize and probably mispronounce the name here. Deshaun Davis says, why won't Tomlin start Benton over Adams? Benton is clearly better. And when will we dust off King? He might be the best cornerback on this team. I mean, Benton played and he's going to play. I'm a little less, you know, interested in actual starters versus not starters. Benton seeing a ton of reps and that will increase, you know, post uh, Hayward injury here. So I'm sure that that official move may come at some point here sooner than later. I thought Adams did have a good camp overall. And yeah, Desmond King, I mean, do you play him this weekend against against Cleveland, Dave? I mean, where do you where do you play him in the defense? In the in you know in the slot, uh, in the maybe? slot? Stop yeah. to help stop the run against Chubb. I mean it's po- it's possible. I'm not sure. Who, who, who do you sit? You are not gonna dress you know, you go set, sit Sullivan, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the one guy. I don't know any any other option that you sit at this point. You know, but, the good thing about King is he is physical. Yeah, and you signed him. You liked him for a reason. So, I mean, you know, he's been with the team by by Monday. It'll be about three weeks, so that's enough time to pick up the playbook, and they need some guys out there, that's for sure. Uh, let's see. Consume the living. Is Kenny's top level just a gap quarterback, or can he be actually uh, actually be Big Ken? I mean, we're still finding that out. I think the question yeah. on Pickett's always been the ceiling. I, I think I'll have an article for the morning on the site. You know, this is a, a big moment for Kenny Pickett, you know, 
crappy game yesterday. Totally sucked, but put it past you. You gotta, gotta beat the Browns here. You know, what kind of mental toughness do you have? What kind of resolve can you show? Can you bounce back and put together a winning performance? So let's let's find out a lot about Kenny. You, you said it, the first six games of the year. Let's find out right. about Kenny Pickett. We're in game one. We got five left. Yeah, come 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 ask that same more same question a couple more weeks. But you're right. You know, look, this is now quote unquote Kenny's team now. You're coming off of a week one game where expectations uh, were extremely high uh, with this offense. They they laid an egg on offense, and now not only do you have a week uh, 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 a week two week two game against a, a division opponent in the Browns. It's on Monday night. It's a national stage. It's all the, all the talk's going to be, can Kenny bounce back and all like that? You know, it's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a lot of focus on him. And, you know, if he lays another egg uh, on Monday night, then, you know, a lot of people are going to come out of woodwork then. You know, so this is a big week for him. And obviously the Steelers too, but, uh, uh, p- people will really start questioning if if Kenny is the guy if you come out and have another performance like he had on Sunday. Yeah, and understandably so. You know, Pickett's not cemented as anything, good or bad, in his career. It's He's got, what, 13, 14 starts. You want to find out more. At the end of this year, I think you're going to start concluding, okay, what do we have here? What do we have to work with in terms of the future? But we're still, you know, early in that process. Tim Chase, Dan Moore was horrendous at right tackle. What's our option if Chooks can't play? It was like four snaps. I don't know how much you know we can really glean from that. Uh, he's not you know played right tackle in a game before, but understand your point. If a core four can't go, though, I expect Moore to be the right tackle. Who else is it going to be at this point? I mean, Dylan Cook would be Spencer Anderson. A tough spot there for those guys to be in. Uh, they're going to want Broderick Jones to play, so I expect Moore to be at right tackle and Jones at left if a core four does not clear the protocol. I agree. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Uh, a lot of stuff about picking or picket on that sack. Uh, what else? Any other new person here? Uh, Verdon, Barzi, anybody figured out what was the real issue with Pickett looking so bad? Jitters, he reverted back. Yeah, Dave, have you gone through the tape, all 22 more than me? Is there anything you can point to of why he played so poorly? Who, on Pickett? Yeah, on Kenny Pickett. I mean... Uh, not enough to discern. I mean, he, he look the accuracy was. I, I don't know the the reason behind it. I mean, he was a little bit, a little bit looked like a little bit dancey with the uh, you know uh, feet uh, as as the game wore on. And uh, but on the flip side too, and I think he said as much as you know, you get you get uh, to a point in that game where it's you only live once. Ty, you know you you know you trying to make some plays. Look that second interception. I mean, he knew not to throw that ball, but he's just, you know, he's trying to push the football down the field and, 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 and make a play in that situation. Uh, just a lot of, you know, a lot of bad decisions in that game. And, and, the, and, and when he seemingly made the right decision, a lot of, a lot of bad throws. And then you have the, you know, what happened on the Allen Robinson one early there, you know, it seemed to me that he's probably expecting uh, Allen Robinson to sit in that soft area of the zone. So I think you had a lot of things going on. I think you had not being completely on, uh, on, on the same page on a couple of plays with your wide receivers. You had some uh, questionable decisions uh, on Kenny's part and you had uh, uh, accuracy problems involved. So do I know what, Cause this, you know, after such a uh, great, I mean, look, and yeah, it's preseason, but he had a, he had a great, he was doing some things that we wanted to see him do, mm-hmm. even if it was against, you know, vanilla coverages and all. So no, I don't have a reason why it happened. I can only look at what happened and say, this is what happened. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could just, hopefully it's just one of those games where a quote, you play long enough in this league, 
that's going to happen sometimes, and you hope that's all it is, not uh, a pattern that emerges over time consistently. So, And the 49ers are a good defense, and they couldn't run the ball, and they become more one-dimensional, and that's not a position you want a young quarterback to be in. Uh, Mike Adesso with a good point. How about Mason Cole running down the 49ers player after the Tafunga interception and pitch? That was some excellent hustle. Yeah, kudos to Cole, pushing him out of bounds, um, saved the touchdown there. You know, that's a guy fighting hard, and that's why he's one of the leaders up front. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Um, people obviously not happy with uh, the coaches and the coordinators, all the things you would expect after a terrible loss like Pittsburgh had. Uh, Keith asked, did Desmond King get any snaps yesterday? He did not. He was inactive, and so he did not dress and definitely, of course, did not play. Uh, let's see what else is there. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of venting here, as you would expect right now. Just trying to find if anyone has a particular question. Um, yeah, just trying to... I'm not sure if I see any <laughs> questions right now. If you see something, Dave, feel free to, to chime I, in. I don't, even, I don't know if I want to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good point. Honestly, I don't know if there's been a question in the last uh, like 100 answer, 100 comments or so. So um, we'll, we'll keep going, look, though. It, it was bad. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it was bad. I mean, it was bad, bad. You know, uh, on on both sides. I mean, it was a uh, as complete of a team team loss uh, as you'll find from from this team the last several years here. And especially, yeah, you know, I, I thought, yeah, you know, once again, I didn't think they'd win this game, but uh, I thought they I thought they'd be in. I thought we'd be talking about a, maybe a fourth quarter. You know, couldn't 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 get the final comeback. You know, completed or something like that uh, in this game. But I mean, it was bad on both sides of the ball. And but I mean, look, if you're one of those ones that that wants, I mean, I understand people get mad and want to blame the coaches and 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 have people fired and all like that. But I mean, you the ch- the chances of anybody getting fired uh, during the season, coach wise, is very very slim based on what this this team has done in the past. Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to happen in season. Again, it, it is just week one. I'm not trying to pretend yesterday was anything other than a mess and an abject failure, failure, offense, defense, special teams, coaching the whole nine yards. But it is week one, and who knows what will happen by, by week five. Let's see what the pattern is. Let's see what the, the longer view of the season is. Again, if, they beat, if they beat the Browns on Monday, I'm not saying they will, but if they do, then we're all happy. We're all saying that's the 49ers. They're a good team. We're 1-0 in the north. We're 1-0 on the year playing the Raiders, playing the Texans. Let's go take care of business and and do this thing. So let's just see how Monday night goes. All right, let's see what else we might have here. Brian was in the chat and uh, gave a couple of shout-outs to us and a couple of his uh, Depot group chat diehards and Jared and Jakey. So thank you guys for for being here. Uh, Dave and I will be here for just a little bit longer to answer any last-second questions that do come in. Um, I just saw one a second ago. Kyle Smith, does anyone know what Pickens even did to get a personal foul call? It looked like he was only jawing personal foul on Wallace was weak. Yeah, Pickens must have said something. Sometimes there's a, yeah. know, certain words you can use that's going to get you the, the the personal foul there. So it's probably something in, in the language as opposed to an actual uh, obvious action. Right. Uh, Adam Guess, uh, Adam's pad level is too high. Why is he a nose tackle instead of a defensive end? Yeah, he's an awkward kind of body type. Um I don't have a great answer there in terms of his whole, whole path to become a nose tackle, but he's definitely kind of more of a penetrating guy than an old-school two-gapper. Brian, why did Joey Porter Jr. play so few snaps? He's in their dime defense, and the 49ers did not face many third downs and not many third and longs and could run the ball 
at will. And so Porter's playing in passing situations, and the 49ers did not have, did not have to pass much yesterday. Uh, let's see. Uh, why do drastic changes have to wait until the bye week? Dave, do you think that's even true in terms of the drastic changes? Look, I think you do whatever you have to do on a week-to-week basis. You know, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, what does he mean by drastic changes, like personnel changes and all like that? I mean, I, I think, uh, I think with some of these younger guys like uh, uh, Joey, and look, Joey Porter is going to once again, he he's going to start sooner rather than later. But you heard Mike Tomlin coming out of preseason say, you know, basically we we would have liked to have had Joey got get more more snaps in there. Now, you know, obviously you you were able to to get uh, uh, Herbig on uh, Nick Herbig on the field for some snaps yesterday. You obviously got Benton on the field. Now, would Benton have played as much as he had played had Cam Hayward not that went down? I mean, would he have logged 29 snaps? No, but I mean, it, uh, uh, the necessity came in. You know, the only reason Broderick Jones got in that game is because Chakoma uh, Corfor uh, had to leave, right? You know, mm-hmm. so uh, some of you know some. There's going to be changes as the season wears on. Heck, we, you know, someone mentioned uh, Desmond King. I I wouldn't be totally shocked if we did see Desmond King uh, get on the field uh, 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 this coming weekend here. Uh, you know, I, I would like to think that they're going to make whatever changes they would feel necessary to to, you know, other than bitching, you know, bitching a quarterback or anything like that, you know, to, to give them the best opportunity to win. But I don't know if it's ever written in stone that you have to wait until the bye week. You know, generally the bye weeks related to quarterback changes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the whole bye week changes are overrated and overstated. It, it's like halftime adjustments. These things get made as soon as possible, as opposed to let's wait until a quiet point in the game or the season. Um, and you got an extra day here to play, Cleveland, so more time to make adjustments. I don't expect to be substantial changes in terms of personnel and personality. Maybe, you know, obviously the D-line situation, and I think King will probably get a hat, but it's going to be generally the same group, and they're going to let this thing go at least two weeks before deciding about changing up anything significantly. I had a question from Chris about starting Trubisky, more proven quarterback for Monday night. Nah, it's not going to happen. It's going to be Pickett. Again, you got you got to sink or swim, swim uh, with this guy this this year. Uh, let's see what else we have here. A couple more questions. Faceless man, is there a reason Deontay and Pickens were rarely on the field at the same time, particularly early on? I get the two tight end sets for power running, but we weren't even running the ball. I'd have to check if they what their their snap counts were early in that game. I don't know if you have uh, any recollection of their involvement, Dave. Uh, how many times they had the two tight ends on the field? Well, he's saying that Deontay and Pickens weren't on the field at the same time. If you're in 12 personnel, you still have two receivers, so they can both be out there. I don't know how much they actually played together and what that rotation exactly looked like. Well, we don't have the offensive charting done yet, but uh, I don't uh, I, I don't have recollection of, of many times, if any, of those two weren't on the field when at least two were out there. Yeah, so I'll have to go back and check it. I really can't uh, answer that there. Uh, sorry, man. Uh, Tim Chase, another $5 Super Chat. Why does Highsmith disappear when needed the most? I mean, the- I mean, if you look at the snap counts overall, I mean, and look, I mean, De- uh, Deontay did go out after 27, after only playing 27 snaps, though. So Right, I guess he's yeah. saying early in the game. Okay, so I, I would have to go and look at what the snaps, uh, and once again, we haven't gotten the charting done on the offensive side 
uh, yet. Oh, hold on a minute. Uh, keep keep talking. I could probably okay. figure something out here. Yeah, just answer Tim Chase's super uh, super chat. Why does Highsmith disappear when needed the most? I mean, again, I got to watch the tape. I thought he drew a holding call yesterday. The 49ers didn't get into a lot of and long situations. They stayed on schedule. They could run the ball. You're facing Trent Williams, a future Hall of Fame left tackle. So all those factors go in. I know the box score is pretty quiet for him. You know, Watts facing McKibbitt's a much easier matchup overall. So um, I don't want to necessarily be too hypercritical of Highsmith given the uh, the circumstances of, of how Sunday's game played out. All right. Uh, I'm seeing Deontay and Pickens on the field uh, for eight plays there. Uh, another three here. That's 11. Uh, another two, that's 13, another two here, that's 15. Uh, what else do I have here? 15 and another one there, 16. I didn't do a detail, but it looks like at least 16 snaps, both, both of them are on the field together. And Johnson played 27, 28 total. Right. I said. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot. I don't think that's, that's a rare thing there. So I'd probably disagree with the premise of that question that we had a, a moment ago. Let me do one quick other search here. If they got these guys listed together here, uh, eight and three is 11, 11 and four is 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Okay. So yeah, they were on together quite a bit before Johnson got hurt. Sean nine, five, one Niners. Don't be surprised how hurt the Steelers are. We do that to every team. Uh, this is a Niners fan, obviously last year, no team won the next week after we played them. Good luck Monday night. Yeah, that's a good stat. About the, I remember that stat floating around last year about San Francisco. So we'll see if that, that streak continues. Hopefully not. But uh, good win and good luck to you guys the rest of the way. Hold on here. I think I missed one here. Eight and three is 11. 11 and three is 14. 14 and four is 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. What did I say? 22 out of how many snaps did I tell you Deontay 28 played? 28 or 26. Right. like that. So, yeah, so, most of them. Right. Uh, let's see. Simon Egoff, how did Casey and Neil look? Can, you know, not good enough, not that great overall. Neil barely played in the second half. They were kind of rotating pretty early then late in that game, and it's not like you know Neil's typically the run situation safety, and the 49ers were, of course, up and running the ball, and Neil really still was not playing. So what does that mean? We'll, we'll watch it and continue you know, evaluating that, but uh, just the only note I have there is that neither were that good, and, and Casey was playing a lot more late in this game. Right. All right, maybe just one or two more questions. Um, let's see what we have here. I just saw one a second ago. I do want to get to Matthew T. If Dan Moore keeps this up, how long until we see Broderick? I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say for sure. You know, if, let's assume Jones stays at left tackle. You're going to see a good deal of Miles Garrett. Although Garrett moves around. Garrett's not just the static right. guy he kind of used to be. So it's going to be a both sides interior type of thing with with Miles Garrett. Um, they're tough matchups. We knew they'd be they would be tough matchups. So. I'm just taking it one week at a time. Let's see what the health of a core four is and, and take it from there. Yeah, and then uh, what you know, what do you do with Dan Moore? Let's assume Chukwama, uh, it, it, you know, p people were begging for Chukwama core four to get pinched not, not too long ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you got uh, Crosby coming in, uh, in in week three, and he I think he predominantly uh, rushes from uh, from his from their left side, right? Uh, same side as as uh, as, as T.J. Watt does. Mm -hmm. So. 
uh, you know, pick your poison you want uh, defending against him. Yeah, and then you got Will Anderson to Houston in week four. I mean, there's this good pass rushers everywhere right now. That's the way this league has gone because everyone knows you got to get after the quarterback in, in this pass-happy world. Uh, Raphael says, Alex, you mentioned that Kenny struggled with accuracy. Within 10 to 15 yards in camp, the 49ers defense game plan was that from this morning's podcast. How can we be uh, successful? You know, it's 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 hitting those, It's as Tom would say, doing the routine things routinely. Hitting the curl, hitting the crosser, um, you know, just kind of hitting your layup. That's going to force defenses to be more aggressive and try to take those things away. And so it's really just kind of not hurting yourself, not turning the ball over, making bad decisions, being accurate, being on time, running the ball a bit better. It's not, it's nothing. I don't have any analysis of this game so far and probably won't at all. Even after watching the all 22, that's going to blow your mind. Like they're just, they just couldn't do anything. I mean, in terms of just, you know, turnovers and just taking care of the football and just sloppy play overall. So it's just doing those things that they did last year, the second half of the season that won them a bunch of games. They didn't do against the Niners. And he was one of seven on throws of more than or 15 or more yards down the field too. That's not going to, that's probably no. not going to win you a lot of ball games. What was the one completion to Deontay? What are they counting as the, the completion? Uh, Robinson? Maybe the Robinson one late, wasn't it? Okay. So they, he didn't get one until the game was over. And I think the other stat I have on that, I think Brock Purdy was like five of six. I believe it. On that that distance. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, Brian Jonker, why not run McFarland much more? I mean, he started string back. He played some offensive snaps and passed, you know, concept situations. Um, Some fourth down type kind of specialty plays probably designed for him. But, you know, you got Harris, you got Warren. Those guys are going to play. Uh, should Pittsburgh have kept Josh Dobbs? I mean, we could you know play these games forever. He's starting out there in Arizona. I mean, really, really doesn't matter too much probably at this point there, James. Uh, do we have any other left? Um, will the Browns take a page out of the 49ers playbook on defense to stop the Steelers? I mean, we'll see. I mean, their MO is to, to rush the passer and you know be pretty aggressive up front. So that's kind of a 49ers type of thing. But, yeah, I mean, Jim Schwartz, new D.C., good start to them. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he's he's a good D.C., too. Yeah. Been around a while. Yeah. Um, all right, Dave, I think we're going to probably wrap things up right now. Uh, probably not a ton of questions. Actually, I do want to mention here kind of something that I've talked about as well, and I agree with Kyle. Uh, why do the Steelers keep trying to move Minka around? When has it ever worked out? He's best keeping a lid on. Yeah, I mean, I, I need to watch the tape some more, but I, you know, he played in the box a ton. He was blitzing a lot. I just don't think that's the way when Minka wins and defense doesn't win whenever they kind of try to get too too cute with this guy close to, to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you, you want to get him in situations where he can spin down and rob, or, and 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 or, or just you know play up over the top in you know middle of cover cover three or or, or deep cover one or, or cover two. You know, give him opportunities where the ball's flying around uh, da- down the field. You know. Yeah, I mean this guy he can tackle. I think it's an underrated part of his game. I'm just saying, you know, if you look at different games, the Raiders game two years ago when they try to move him around and play slot and different alignments and just kind of be in a free safety with some flexibility from there, it just doesn't go all that well, but, you know, we'll see how they handle it against Cleveland. All right, Dave, we're going to wrap things up. You guys can see an archived version of this on Steelers Depot in just a little bit. Great crowd on hand tonight. Appreciate the support despite the uh, unfortunate loss. We'll come back in a couple of weeks and hopefully have a better indication of where this team is headed, hopefully in a much better direction than where it's going right now after one game. So, Dave, as always, thank you for being here and answering questions alongside myself. 
Ah, uh, my pleasure. And you do a good, the, the, the natives were restless tonight. <laughs> so, uh, you did a good job at, uh, at, at handling them and peace and love to everybody. Thank you for showing up tonight. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back here in a couple of weeks. I'll have some breakdowns and a bunch of film rooms on Steelers Depot for you guys to check out. So be sure to watch those as well. Be sure to like this video, subscribe,